I'm Jared Freed, and I'm getting cozy with Aaron Hill. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Getting Cozy with Aaron Hill. I am so excited who we have today. I am a little bit blown away. He is big time comedian and recap of The Bachelor and other reality TV series. Mr. Jared Freed is with us today. Welcome, Jared. Yay! Thank you for having me, Aaron. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for, I would say, being here, but calling in. You're here virtually. Jared, I wanted to have you on because I am living for all of your recaps of The Bachelor in the last, you know, few years. How long have you been doing those recaps, by the way? It started as a live tweet. I was doing it from my couch with my brother. We lived together. And then I started doing this other thing called Dudes Watching Rom-Coms on my Instagram stories. And then I kind of combine the two together. So I just do this thing. I, I, I scream a lot. So I call <laughs> it the live scream. And uh, I yell at every episode of The Bachelor and Bachelorette. And it looks like due to uh, the quarantine, I really didn't care to do the singing Bachelor, the new one that's coming up. Listen to your heart. But now I think I got some extra time on my hands. <gasps> I might as well do it. Oh, my God. I'll be doing that uh, live scream, listen to the heart. That is the best news ever. You guys heard it first, right? (laughs) Is this an exclusive, Jared? That's right. This is an exclusive. (laughs) Breaking news. Yes. I love it. Oh, my gosh. I'm living for that. Jared, can you walk us through kind of how you became a comedian and what took you in this path of podcasting? I started um, doing comedy 10 years ago. I started doing stand-up. And that's the thing, like, you know, I, I do stand-up every night. It got to the point with the live stream, it was so it was doing so well on my page that I started taking the night off of doing stand-up Mondays just to do The Bachelor. The comics will make fun of me, but then at the same time, to me, I was like, there's a lot of amazing stand-up comics, and the reality of stand-up comedy is that people find you via something else. It's very rare that someone finds you because of your stand-up. So they have to know you, love you, like you, and then come to a show and see that you're good at it as well. So I've always been uh, pretty proactive and looking for ways to put my name out there. Um, So ever since starting doing comedy, I started putting myself out there on the internet. I would write columns every week for websites in exchange for getting my name in their audience. So I've done a lot of stuff with Bro Bible and Total Frat Move and Betches. Where, where people know me from. And uh, and then I started doing the podcast. And for whatever reason, the audience that started listening started asking for advice. And it just turned into an advice podcast. And that's called the J-Train Podcast. And we take emails from listeners, give them advice, and most of it's dating questions. So I had a relationship with the Betches, and they've always been really supportive and wonderful. And they were like, hey, we want to start a podcast that's purely dating. And we're going to call it the You Up Podcast. And I was like, that sounds great, like a You Up deck. And so on the You Up Podcast, and I have two podcasts. And on the You Up Podcast, we take we just exclusively talk about modern dating stuff. So uh, we, Jordana Abraham and I, who she's one of the women who started Betches, she and I, we kind of just talk it out and have, and especially dating stuff, um, that's really like an uncomfortable conversation. So we try to have, an uncomfortable conversation pretty comfortably because, uh, and then let people listen in and that's kind of what it is. So, you know, as far as the bachelor's concerned, I think that's like such a fun way, you know, I think for a lot of people dating is so personal. 
so a podcast makes it easier because you're kind of listening into our conversation and it's not to your face. You know, it's easy to hate The Bachelor. It's easy because it's on a macro level, it's a stupid show. 30 women for one man, 30 men for one woman. You know, you have people in their 20s who are 22 years old and saying that they've been single their whole lives. Like, those are all <laughs> stupid things. Uh, but micro, like, there's a lot of relatable situations, and I'm sure we're going to talk about some of them, but there's so many, and it's such a good entree into being funny about an uncomfortable subject and a subject that if you're out there single or if you're out there having trouble dating, that could be, you know, angering. So I, I love talking about The Bachelor because it does, and the way I talk about all reality shows is kind of, I, I think, the, is the way people watch it. And you put yourself in the shoes of the people that are participating. So I like to take the angle on a lot of these things. That it's like, you know, here's the bigger picture. Here's how this relates to your life and what's going on in the world. And that might sound like I'm making something stupid sound smart, but I'm trying my best to make it uh, funny and uh, and and kind of like teachable. That's what I find interesting. So I'm hoping that the people who follow me feel the same way. And, and also I'm making fun of it. So No, we absolutely do. I mean, it's you make it super relatable and, you know, we can all just have a laugh. And it's just so much fun. Um, you see, I put Jared in my stories all the time because you have the best content. And I just want to just let people okay. know, like, hey, go follow this guy. He's fucking hilarious. Appreciate that. <laughs> so the the recaps are gold. I want to go back because we haven't heard from you since, well, Bachelor-wise, we haven't heard from you since the finale. The finale recap was epic, obviously. But I want to get your take on what's happened since then because, my God, Bachelor Nation has been everywhere and there's so much going on there's so much to talk about that's why I reached out to you and I was like we have to talk about this we have to it's just too much so give me your take on the breakup and what you think was happening maybe that we didn't know about I want to posture all of it like I just want to talk about this whole situation I don't think there was there wasn't a breakup like right you know there what's interesting to me about when people watch The Bachelor they're like well what's the ending (laughs) <laughs> and it's like, why would The Bachelor end any differently than some of your relationships end? And they ended with, I like, I even said on the live screen that I did on the finale, it was like, it ended with a, I guess I'll text you. <laughs> right. Like, agreeing to date? <laughs> Him and Maddie were like, I guess I'll see you around, we'll see what happens. And I know that's like, to a lot of people who watch The Bachelor, that is such a disappointing ending. Like, there's a group of people that watch The Bachelor that are like, I want... The meeting, the middle, the engagement. And to me, I'm yeah. not that type of watcher. I love, I, I thought this season was great. I, I love action. I like ups and downs and surprises. So I think the ending to me was so relevant. And everyone missed the point because it's really easy to be like, Barbara sucks. Who would ever deal with that? But ending was so relatable. I'm a son of a mom with two sons. And if you're dating someone who only has men in their family, or if you're a part of a family that's all men with one mom, all of it made sense. Like Barbara sits on the couch and meets two girls. One of them is Hannah Ann, who says, "I love your son as much as I like breathing the the air in this in, in, on this earth." And so that is a monster compliment to Barbara as a mother. Right. Then you have another woman that comes and sits with her and says, 
yeah, you, your son and I, I think we might have different values. When you tell a mother that you have different values than her son, <laughs> that is like a dog whistle <laughs> to the mom that says, you raised your son wrong. I was raised correctly by my parents, and you raised your son wrong. But it's no judgment. So who's Barbara going to like? Right. Who's Barbara going to be into? So then they get to this situation where now the son is trying to keep everyone happy. Peter's looking at Barbara. He's like, I don't want to make my mom mad, but I also still love this woman. And obviously Hannah Ann and I aren't going to work out. So now she has a house full of men where she's been the big mama bear and never had another woman for the whole 28 years of Peter's life ever come in and disagree with her. And this girl comes in and he, and he says, well, I think I might want to, you know, date the girl who says you parented me wrong. <laughs> and Mama Bear's looking at that going, go fuck yourself. You're going to realize <laughs> this is a huge fucking mistake because Mama knows best. I'm not saying Barbara's right. I'm saying I understand it. Yeah. I'm not saying Maddie's right. I'm saying I understand that Matt. So, and you see Maddie smiling at the camera saying, look what I'm dealing with. And it's like, I told all of it made sense. It, to me, it wasn't as shocking and crazy. It was more, this is how mothers act with their sons. It is very hard for any woman to date a son and deal with a mother-in-law, in, in no matter what, because you're intruding on another woman's kind of uh, territory. Right. Yeah, I know that makes sense. And then when they, when they ended it, you're like, okay, yeah, of course. He looked at her, and you could even see it on the dad's face. Like when Peter was like, uh, when she was like, well, explain this. And, the, and you just see the dad like, I've dealt with this a thousand times. At that point, Peter is trying to save face to everyone. He's also trying to be his own man. So he looks at her, he says, we'll text and figure it out. He's not going to go against his mom. He's not going to date someone that his mom hates or someone that his mom doesn't approve of. He's just going to try and go on TV and not look like he's a mama's boy. So now we get in this situation where like they break up supposedly. They didn't break up. They never dated. It was over. It never happened. And now Peter's back with um, Kelly. That makes perfect sense because when you break up with someone, you go to a comfortable landing spot. You go to a place that you're probably not going to hear no from. Right. That's why a lot of couples, when they break up, they get back together. That's why a lot of people, when they break up with someone, they go back to the person they were with two people ago. That's it. So him being with Kelly, it, you know, even if she, if he went back to Kelly and was like, hey, we should hook up. Let's get together. I'll be in Chicago. And she said no. His ego is still intact because he's like, well, I've already been with her. So it's not like a no-no. <laughs> it's not like he, she wouldn't. She just wouldn't now because of our history. So it's an easier ask. And anyone can relate to that that's gotten out of a relationship. What do you do when you get out of a relationship? You go to the Rolodex and you look for soft landing spots, places where your ego can kind of stay intact. Wow. I think you just solved like every 20-year-old girl's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, dating know, I, queries. I, I think it's all relatable. You know, like I, I've been that guy. I've, I've ended something and then ended up back in the arms of someone that I know I was never going to end up with. It makes sense. I mean, it's it's a rebound, but it's almost like it's like a friend rebound. So that's what I what I really wanted to ask you is, you know what? Let's back up, though. I want to know, when do you think that Kelly entered the picture again? Because, yes, they met before the season. That's fine. But. Do you think anything happened that night? Because I just saw a preview for Peter on Nick's podcast, and he said that, no, nothing happened that night. They were dancing. They were talking. They were drinking. That was it. But when do you think she came back into the picture? 
the night that he met her at the hotel before the filming of The Bachelor. I had heard otherwise from very reputable sources. I think they hooked up before they went on the show. I think that that doesn't matter. To me, like, I think Kelly and him, there's something where people hook up with people they're comfortable with. And, like, that's kind of like half the battle. Like, you know, like, one-night stands are just, just, you know, kind of uncomfortable, especially the position Peter's in. Like, Peter probably has 10,000 DMs right now of girls offering up their bodies to him. (laughs) And it's like, you know, I don't think he's that type of guy. I think he's more the type of guy to be like, hey, there's a girl that I know and I can trust that has skin in the game too, especially with like, they both now have followings. They both have, you know, uh, people that watch their every move. Like, you're going to want to be with someone that you can kind of trust. Yeah. I just feel like, I don't know. I I understand what you're saying about the rumors because everything has been said from A to Z, right? So once he was spotted in Chicago with her, do you think that right now they are, because everyone's speculating, are they friends? Are they more than friends? Are they they boyfriend, girlfriend? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I think that when you hook up with someone you've already broken up with, it's really way easier Mm. because then there's no breakup. You can always... You know, a situation that comes in the, my DMs a lot, my podcasts, when people write in, is they'll be like, I hooked up with a guy, and we, we went, like, three weeks, and then he says he's not looking for anything serious. And then I, he disappears for a month, and then I'm at a bar, and we see each other, and we hook up again. Mm, That's, yeah. like, the perfect scenario for any guy. Mm-hmm. Guys hate being the asshole. No guy wants to be the bad guy. We want to be gentlemen. In the same way girls were brought up with this ideal, idealistic Disney princess theme, <laughs> guys were brought up with this idealistic, you have to be a gentleman, um, like, dream that was brought of a different generation. Like, the idea of being a gentleman, a lot of women would say that's a kind of an asshole. That's a guy who's lying to you, you know, from another time. The idea of getting back together with someone you've already ended it with, well, if she ever says to him, hey, why don't we take this to the next level? He'll go, no, remember when we broke up on a national TV show and I sent you home in front of everybody? (laughs) I still feel that way. Okay. I'm I'm down to get to this point, but remember when I dumped you before, I'm not willing to go further. So I think a lot of people do that all the time. Like you see that, and that's like that, like, Oh, like the best thing that can happen is to run into someone you used to hook up with that there's no ill feelings because now it's like a free shot. Very true. Uh, A lot of my listeners send me questions like, okay, well, what about the situation with him and Hannah B? Like, did he have kind of half a heart going into this whole process and how that was unfair and how he should have worked that out beforehand and he shouldn't have been The Bachelor? And, you know, he's getting so much shit about why didn't you like deal with your your past your baggage you know before you became the bachelor i mean what are your thoughts on that i thought that was more unfair of hannah b if i'm perfectly honest you're the star you're the celebrity you just won dancing with the stars Mm -hmm. you're not coming back on the bachelor so to even entertain the idea of her what did she what what do people think she was gonna like sleep in a bunk bed (laughs) after she won dancing with the stars She's going to bunk up with Hannah Ann. Life is different for Hannah B. Now. So for her to even entertain the idea of like, well, maybe this would have worked out. It's her intruding on, you know, a situation where Peter's also coming in with this like open heart to find love. So like he comes into a show. He's like, I'm here to find my wife. 
And then his ex that is now still single shows up and is like, well, maybe I could move in the house. Like what? Like I, I to me, Hannah B, um, she has her own group of people that she's beloved by for some reason. <laughs> I think she, to me, she kind of felt like the kid who came back to high school and hung around at the parties after they, she, they had already graduated. Oh, that's, yeah, nail on the head, I think, with that one. I just get that question so often, and I just was curious what you thought. I, I guess, like, it is unfair, but, like, I like when The Bachelor takes control of the show, and I do understand, like, when he's looking at her, she's there, she's opening up to him. I'm here to find love, so maybe love was in front of me the whole time. Like, you know, I think, like, guys don't get credit for having any emotional intelligence. And in that situation, I think she comes in with a, a little bit more of an emotional advantage than he did. Yeah. She just, I don't know. I mean, to say let's hop a flight and, like, leave 30 girls that have just been through months of vetting and, you know, all these series of tests yeah. and I mean I that just blew my mind that completely blew my mind but it is it kind of speaks up to there, who she is there, she's there as a celebrity too like she's supposed to be like if she had any inkling of like hey this thing isn't over she has his number right. like that's the other thing none of the girls there have Peter's number <laughs> like she could text him three months before that show hey I've been thinking a lot like uh you know you have unfinished business, but let's go on a date. Like, she can do that. I never really bought the Hannah Ann engagement anyways. Like, I know that they did. I'll buy it because it's the show. But, like, you know, for him to not say right away, like, hey, uh, Maddie left on her own as part of why they got engaged. You have to know all that information. I thought Hannah Ann kind of got a raw deal in the whole situation. There's so many different opinions about it. I, yeah, I, I don't know. If what we saw was true, and, you know, we may never know that, unless Peter writes a tell-all book like Colton did. <laughs> I'm sure he will at some point. But I, I also think, like, the whole season was about Peter and his mom's relationship. We didn't know it until the last episode. That whole season was him dealing with how he relates to women and how he, re- he relates to his emotions and how him and his mother have this thing where, you know, where he gets to the point where he finally looks at his mom and stands up to her. And it sucks that, like, he kind of uses all these people that went on this show to get to that point. Mm. But that's no different than any of us. Like, how many people did you date or have I dated that helped me get through my own personal things that weren't my person, but I wouldn't have gotten to know about myself if it wasn't for what we had with each other. Yeah, for sure. Sucks that it is on TV. Yeah, exactly. Right. But, you know, they're fine and their relationship is fine. And obviously, growing up with a mom like that, you are going to respond to emotional women a little more, right, than um, than just your average, like, laid back, chill, kind of Kelly type of girl, I would say. So moving on from that, what do you think about what's going on with this whole quarantine with Hannah and Tyler and that whole crew? And what are your thoughts on that? Are they, are they just friends? Are uh, they just doing all this for, you know, attention and followers? It kind of rubs me weird. I don't know. She did this whole thing with Tyler and then, you know, I just saw her, her thing showed up my like explore page and it was her with her dad dancing. And I was like, Aren't we all social distancing? Aren't we all, like, staying? I went to the comments just to see if anyone, like, kind of called her out a little bit. And then someone did, and someone was like, 
no, she washed her hands like like they know, <laughs> like, like any of us fucking know. I, I I think you know Tyler can do no wrong to women. So again, this is a lot of this has to do, and it's like I I know this is kind of a tough perspective, but I don't think um, a lot of women realize how protective guys are of not being the asshole. So like. You know, people wonder, why am I getting ghosted? Well, now we have the age of first marriage is four years older than it was a decade ago. So you have this four extra years to go out and meet people and no social pressure to ever commit to those people. And you have to break up with a lot of people that maybe were just fine. There's no reason to break up. So now all these people are ghosting because they're like, it's easier to just disappear than it is to explain to this person that I want to fuck other people. So... Tyler's in a position where he's got Hannah B, who nobody will ever blame him for not ending up with, where he can just, like, kind of, like, hook up and date and be cool and be casual. I think, like, we also have to remember they're, like, 23 and 25. So, like, what do you think they're going to do? They've got to fuck somebody, and we got a house. Come on down, and let's all drink and get crazy. Damn, I, I forgot how young casual. they are. Yeah, I think it's just more casual than we all want to believe. Just because they were on a show about getting married doesn't mean they, like, pop out and then everyone they see they're going to marry. Like, they have the luxury of being casual and hot just like anyone else does. Yeah, that makes sense. But, I, that, but it is – it's just funny. I, I, I don't know. I saw Hannah B's – I was like – I did think about them. I was like, man, are they stuck there for, like, two months? And then Hannah B's back with her dad, and you're like – Oh, I guess, uh, you know, she'll, she's now going to yell, stay the fuck home at me in my <laughs> studio apartment after she, now that she's fine. Don't worry, I wore gloves at the gas station. Well, yeah, Bye. I mean, and, and that's the thing. It's like you're bringing all these germs, you know, and who knows? They could all have corona just being in that house. We don't know. Nobody knows. That's the fucking scary thing. She could be bringing all of that into her family's house now, right? Because she's with her mom and her yeah, dad and they're older. I don't wish that on them. I'm just saying it's just funny. Like, I don't care. Like, this is, that's not my responsibility. I'm doing what I think is right, and anyone can do what they think is right. But it is funny that, like, you know, if we like you, no one looks at you and is like, what the fuck is this all about? Like, <laughs> right. So she has people who like her, and that's fine, you know? She has a get-out-of-jail-free card kind of thing. What I heard is that that she left before the Florida stay-in-place went in effect because it literally went in effect like that like that night at midnight, right? And so she drives off with her friend, with another friend that was there. But it's, so. it, it, it is funny, though, that the whole premise of that was like, look at now look how fun it is. They're quarantining together. They're all fucking. We're all supposed to be like, yeah, go you. <laughs> Get together. Exchange fluids. You guys are great. And then all of a sudden she's back at home and it's like, oh, you didn't even, this, what a, this is all just a I know. fucking play to exchange followers, I guess. Right. It's like, just we're I completely feel like we have all been played for quite a while, probably longer than we've <laughs> even but, realized. But, you know, we love it. Like, it's it's me, entertaining. To me, them getting together is the same as like, uh, like the nanny is doing a live read of, of a script. Like, we're all just happy to see familiar faces together. So, like, we all, in the end, we're all fucking using their promo codes like a bunch of fucking idiots. (laughs) Swipe up. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. So funny. Oh, okay. We got to talk about this whole, like, TikTok craze, TikTok dance challenge that Peter challenged 
Tyler and he accepted like a couple days later he <laughs> poor Peter he let him like wait a couple days like all right are you gonna answer me dude like I know you're on your phone 24 7 like can you not just like send me a story saying hey you know I'll do it let's do it it's for a good cause what do you think about that I mean is this just a dick measuring contest no these the bachelor is all about it there's a hierarchy that all deals in followers I just know for a fact they all kind of treat each other like the people in the Hunger Games. Like, and I've been around them. I've interviewed a few of them. Um, I've had a few on my podcast. And the way you see them interact, it's like there's a hierarchy of former Bachelor contestants, Bachelorette contestants. And it all has to do, social standing all has to do with their amount of followers. And I, I know that's like a, like a cynical way to look at it, but I've seen it. And it's like one won't do one with the other unless that one has something to offer them in the form of social media presence. Mm. So Peter reaching out to Tyler, and then we all get to go, whoa, it's the Jetsons meet the Flintstones. They weren't even <laughs> in the same season. And it's like <laughs> they're just, you know, exchanging a following. You look at like TikTok when, or you look at YouTubers, they are the king of it. YouTubers will all go on each other's YouTube channels and they'll do crossovers because they want to cross over and collaborate and get the audience. All these people of a certain level will only hang out with each other. It's kind of gross, <laughs> but I get it. Like, you know, like the answer to all your questions is money. So Peter and Tyler, yeah, we're doing it for a good cause. And then it's like, yeah, but the reality is they do it because they are going to like, you know, they're both going to get, you know, TikTok and Instagram following about Yeah, you're not wrong, for sure. And the fact that when Hannaby was offered the, to be the Bachelorette again, she turned it down f- because of money. So that says yeah, a lot, I, too. Yeah, but also Hannah B should turn it down because of money. Like, I, I don't fault her for that. I, I think, like, the Internet is really easy to be a liar. It's really easy to sound pure on the Internet because – People can't disagree with you. Like, I had somebody ask me to be on their happy hour. A a reality show person via their publicist asked me to do their happy hour. And I said, sounds great. What's the happy hour? And they were like, well, you'd come on and just, you know, talk about quarantine dating. And I was like, that sounds great. Uh, I'd love to do that because, again, my end game is to get more people to watch my live streams and get more people to listen to my podcast and, you know, get more people to come to my stand-up shows. And then the next day, she emails me. She goes, change of heart. This person's going to be on, and you're going to be on, and this other person's going to be on, and it's going to be five of you in one happy hour. And I was like, eh, this is different. Wow. Than I, I'm, I'm okay. I, and I go, this isn't really what I signed up for. I appreciate the offer, but it's not going to be for me. And they're like, well, what? <laughs> and they're like, let's get on the phone. We got in the, I got, I, and I got on the phone with the publicist, and I was like, yeah, I mean, for me, I want to go on and make it worth my while. I want to go on and do your show and be funny and talk about dating. And then she's like, well, yeah, we just want to have fun. I was like, you want to have fun, but you want people to watch your show. You want more following. You want more people. And she was like, no, 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 this is about fun. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my okay. God. Like, what? <laughs> like, what are we talking about? Like, I, 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 I have a fun job because I can live off of my job, you know? So right. all of this stuff is fun, but incentives aren't just for you know, people on Wall Street. They're for everybody. Incentives are all around us and they exist. So when someone does the TikTok challenge with someone and says, we're giving to a great cause, 
cause. That is very nice of them. I agree with them that they should love that someone's giving you a great cause. But they're also getting something out of it. Right. That is true. Everyone tries to make it work for themselves. And when I've seen it in person where I've had these people on for interviews and then they, you know, and you can just see that this is a business for them. Like we, we, especially after they get off the show. Oh, got it. Yeah. But I have to say the people that I've interviewed from Bachelor Nation have all been super sweet and down to earth, genuine, very kind, very generous, you know, of their time. And I seriously feel like we're friends. You know, it's really nice. I mean, it's um, it's been a really great experience. So I have to give a shout out to Bachelor Nation because I think they do get a bad rap sometimes. <laughs> but and I really am getting upset, though, hearing that Peter was the worst bachelor because I'm sorry, have you seen, like, Juan Pablo season or, I mean, I could go back. I'm going to go back, like, OG, you know, and no, (laughs) he was absolutely not the worst Bachelor, so I fight anyone who says that. I think that is absolutely ridiculous. I I enjoyed his season, and he never seemed not genuine. Like, I I did believe all the things he was going through. I, I do believe that he was you know, this was hard for him and that, mm-hmm. you know, he, I do believe that he does have these things where he responds to emotional women just because of the way he was brought up. Like this, this all like tracks for me. Yeah, no, completely. So we got to talk about how you are watching Real Housewives in New York City for the first time, which is, oh my God, I'm living for this. It is the <laughs> best. So can you give us kind of like, a recap of your like key points from each season up to what you've seen because obviously most of us are caught up and I don't want to spoil anything but you've seen one two and three now so I'm up through season three okay it is a fantastic show it is Uh, my girlfriend is a huge fan so she was like let's watch from the beginning and I was like I'm in and we started watching and What's amazing about the Real Housewives of New York is how honest they are, like how it never really feels like it's an act. Like some reality shows, like like I'll name one is my I hate this show. Chrisley knows best to me is the worst show on television. I think everyone in there's a fake. They're only just doing old sitcom premises from Leave It to Beaver. <laughs> Granny says the wrong thing. And look at, she's got a new boyfriend. And the boyfriend's <laughs> coming over. Nobody's cleaned their house. That's Chris knows that. That is the worst fucking show. That is the most, they're all doing an act. None of it's real. None of it's genuine. And listen, I need a touch of reality in my reality TV. Right. So when you watch The Real Housewives of New York, these people are interacting with each other, and they'll lie to each other, but then they'll go on the interviews, and they're totally fucking honest. It's as oh, if they yes. don't know that the show's being made. I know. <laughs> because then the best part of season two, they come back to the same group, and they're taping like eight months later. They all watch the show. And they're like, remember when you said this to me eight months ago? And you're like, oh, my God, they're all going to call each other out of this shit. <laughs> yes, they and do. And it's like, you know, now season three, like the whole premise of season three. And the beauty of this show is you're seeing like a time capsule. They br- It brings you back. Like, you know, the first reunion, from, you know, Andy Cohen looks like he's 14 years old. <laughs> and he's like, we took questions 
from blogspot.altavista to get everyone's thoughts on this season. You're like, oh my God. Then the next season, they're like, I'm on Twitter.com. And you're like, this is... <laughs> it is like a time capsule. Three, like, yeah. And then season three is like this iconic housewife season. Like everyone was DMing me and tweeting me like, oh my God, wait till you get to season three. Scary Island, this whole thing. And yes. to me, they're like a rock band because you can tell that they've gotten super popular in three seasons. They're like season one. They're like, wow, this is a hit. Then season two, they're like, we're legitimate stars. Then season three, everyone in the band has like an entourage and everyone thinks that they're fucking hot shit. Like even Alex has an opinion. <laughs> and then, and it's crazy. Luan has an album. And then you have this very, Shakespearean headbutting contest between Jill Zarin and Bethany. And Jill Zarin being like the established New York City socialite. Jill Zarin has page six on speed dial. Jill Zarin knows all the heavy players, has the house in the Hamptons, has, you know, the big money company that's been there a hundred years. And then Bethany comes from nothing. She was in a studio apartment having dinner off of a hot plate and then all of a sudden she works her ass off uses the connections of jill zarin and the show to create a mammoth company to be a a fucking corporate player and you see jill zarin being like um no you're (laughs) you're not gonna be bigger than me right and it's like this face off that is like so interesting and layered and see them kind of interact with each other where Bethany visits Bobby Zarin in the hospital when he was got cancer. And it's like, well, Bethany comes from this like early 2000s, like standpoint of like a woman can have it all. Like you're going to have the company, you're going to have the kid, you're going to have the husband, you're going to have the friends. And it's like, yeah, that was a myth the whole time. Like, you know, Bethany had a company and was traveling across the country to like do her book signings. And she's got to give up the friendship. And Jill Zarin saying, you know, is using that to get at Bethany because Bethany can't really disagree with that. But also she's jealous of how Bethany has eclipsed her. So it's like this really interesting thing going on. It's like, it it was almost like, I I felt like it was like watching the band break up. Like it really felt like that part of the movie. And it ends with like that. They have that Island thing and just really enjoyed the show. It, it does feel like more than any other reality show that you're sitting there watching them at the table. Like it feels like you're there. Oh, it feels so real. And I had such real anxiety when they were on Scary Island and that whole situation happened. And, and you know, when Bethany's screaming at Kelly saying, go the fuck to sleep. Like that is, all those are such iconic moments of that show yeah. that I'm just so happy that you're seeing all of it. because And there's so many more to well, come. I really hate Kelly Ben Simon, Ben Simmons, I'm being correct. Ben Simone. Because um, Kelly, to me, Scary Island happens in 2012, I think, or 2011. And since then, the ability to like victimize yourself to get ahead has been like, is such an internet thing. And Kelly, that's her game. Like, I don't know anything about that woman. She's been on the, se- the show for two seasons. All I know is that she's a mom who got married young and everyone's attacking her. Like, that's all you know about her. And she goes on Scary Island and the whole time you're like, all the women are looking at her going, 
what is she talking about? Like, <laughs> like they like they don't even understand what her problem is. And then every time they'd be like, "Are you okay?" She'd be like, "Okay, what? What? How could you talk about my kids that way?" And you're like, "What? What just happened?" She's so defensive all the time. But why on earth would you say to someone, to anyone? that you're down here and I'm up here. Like, why would you ever, ever say that? I mean, I think that was like the gauntlet that was thrown, you know, when it first started with uh, Kelly and Bethany. Well, I think they're natural enemies to me. Kelly, when they first met, you have Kelly who's a model, right? Bethany and Kelly were never going to get along because Bethany's the woman who had to work her way from nothing to be at the, the fashion show. And Kelly's the woman that's going to end up there no matter what. That's true. And I think I think Bethany is offended by that, and Kelly doesn't believe that to be the case. So they are like born to hate. They're like the Joker and Batman at that <laughs> point. Oh my God! I cannot wait for you to watch the rest of the season. You have a kick-ass I'm in, girlfriend. I'm in. That is awesome. And speaking of your girlfriend, you guys just moved into your apartment together. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. It's funny that women, when, when, when people move in together, women go, congratulations, and all my guy friends, they go, cool. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're in between places. The New York moving is kind of the most annoying thing in the world. I was in Harlem, and she was in the Lower East, and we're in her studio apartment until this Wednesday. Then we can move within her building to a new, bigger place. So oh, nice. for now, we're on top of each other, and she hates everything I am the person. Oh, no. I'm sure that's not true. You probably crack her up daily. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> do you have any other thoughts on what is going on currently? Anything at all with the quarantine, the, the strange world we're living in? I mean, this is insane. It, we're just making history, literally by staying in our living yeah, rooms. I know. I, you know, I, I hope everything goes back to normal. I try to, I, you know, my job is stand up. So I hope everyone comes out to shows after and wants to go out and laugh and all that fucking touching bullshit. I feel lucky to have fallen into the, let's talk about the bachelor and charcuterie and podcast world because that's kind of keeping me afloat, which is good because now I'm doing daily podcasts and I'm doing, you know, live streams, and I can talk about Real Housewives, and I have a lot of comedian friends that, you know, just do stand-up, and they're kind of just waiting for this to end, and I know I would go crazy if that was the case. So I, I feel lucky to have all kind of the other projects that I can do, and when it gets back to normal, I'll go back and do stand-up, and hopefully people come out to shows. I would love that. Yes, go out and see Jared for sure, and if you're ever out in my area, I will definitely come see you. Do you ever come out to California, like a tour? Yeah, I was... I was in San Diego in February and uh, La Jolla. I'll be back. I'm sure I'll be back. I go, you know, wherever they book me, I go. But I, I'll definitely be out in California. Okay, I'm right outside the Bay Area. So if you come anywhere near, I will come and see you in in person. I would love to. Oh, uh, well, I was just <laughs> in San Francisco. I love San Francisco so much. Well, I'm living about an hour north, so nowhere near the city. I'm in a little tiny, tiny town, but it's really nice. It's like an old school Mayberry kind of environment. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, the community is really awesome here, and everyone's super, super supportive. I was in Sacramento. Yeah, hour away. Yep. I like Sacramento. I had a good time. I love Sac. Downtown Sac is 
awesome. And that's where the new Bachelorette is from. You know that, right? She's from Sacramento. Oh, yeah. She's a hairdresser from there, right? Yes. Yes. She does hair. And yes. my friends have met her and said she's the sweetest, most down-to-earth, kind person ever. So I'm super yeah, excited. I was, really, I was really excited for a 38-year-old Bachelorette because yes. that was always my fix for the show. Bachelorette to me is, you know, this is not meant to offend people. This is just the reality of the situation. Like, the Bachelor makes sense because you can see it, a 24-year-old woman wanting to get married. I can see that. There's no possible way I see a 24-year-old guy being like, I'm ready to get married <laughs> right. after he gets 100,000 new Instagram followers. Exactly. It's a less believable premise. I always wanted the Bachelorette to be older and divorced yeah. because then she already has the wedding shit out of her. She's like, I've done it. I've had it. It's easy that, you know, a party's just a party. I want to find the right person. And then I wanted them to have men in their 50s. But they didn't do that. They cast, like, young guys. I want men in their 50s because, to me, the most embarrassing version of a woman is, like, 22-year-old woman. Like, that's, like, when you're your most embarrassing. Baby. And that gets on TV, and that sucks for women. Because the most embarrassing version of a man is 55-year-old midlife crisis man. <laughs> we look the worst at that age. We get divorced. We have the the paisley collars on our <laughs> bullshit shirts that are too loud. We're ultra confident. They still think they're in shape. They think they're good looking. That's our version of the 22-year-old chick. So I think it would be only fair to have older bachelorette with old men running around trying to get her because they'll be embarrassing and hilarious to make fun of. Well, but the problem is that she wants younger men, she said. So, but 23, that's ridiculous. Like, why would you it's have? Ridiculous. It is. It it's makes ridiculous. me angry. Well, at that point, she shouldn't be the bachelorette. If she's, because then she has other issues she needs to step out with, you know, a psychologist. <laughs> that's a good point. Well, we always have the senior <laughs> bachelor to look forward to, Jared, right? I hope to God there's some embarrassing <laughs> men on that show. I, I really do. Because I, I think they're missing a whole segment of comedy that hasn't been flushed out yet. We can only hope. Thank you. This has been amazing. I It's a dream to have you on. Um, seriously, oh, like... way too kind. Thanks. No, like checked off my bucket list. And just super grateful. And hey, I'm I'm grateful for the uh, for the quarantine in a way because you know you can kind of talk to everybody right now because everybody's on their phone. So <laughs> everyone's got to be something, right? Silver linings. But can you please remind my listeners where they can find you again and how to follow your every move? Instagram at Jared Freed on Instagram, and then. The podcast, there are two of them. One's called the J Train Podcast, and the other's called the You Up Podcast. They can all be found on my Instagram, at Jared Street. Perfect. Well, thank you again for your time. I had a blast. You are fucking hilarious. And uh, I will never I will never forget this. I would love, love, love for you to come back on maybe and discuss the new show as it goes, you know, further in. We can kind of chat about how that's going. It could be a train wreck. It could be an absolute train wreck. Or we might just have a brand new show that we fall in love with. You never know. Either way, I'll be screaming. I would love to come back and talk to you. About oh, my God. Love it so much. Okay, you guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. As always, stay safe out there and stay cozy. Till next time. Bye. Bye.